Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. As you know, here at Asbury Pod, we only ask the toughest questions, like, what podcast are you listening to, and is there anything good on Netflix? This week, we solve the existential question, what are you to do when you get bored a week into your retirement? The answer is, of course, you go to culinary school and open up a world-famous donut shop. Note to those of you who pronounce it culinary, do not at me. Joining us today, a week into their second retirement, are Jackie Sharp and Dominic LaRocca, founders of the internationally famous Purple Glaze Donut Shop, to talk about how Purple Glaze came to be, its immediate popularity, and how if you reach out to someone whose wallet you found in the street, maybe you can retire a second time. Welcome, Jackie and Dom. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark, so subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean, pod, be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean, pod, everything you need to know. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and Shoebies too. Route 35 to Convention Hall. Asbury Pod covers it all. Asbury Pod, I love you. I love you. Welcome to Asbury Pod. It's Amy Quinn. Joe Walsh. And yeah. it's April. I know I keep saying March. It's like I'm perpetually stuck in the month of March. Um, it's April 5th, and we are talking to two of my uh, favorite people, and that's Purple Glaze. I'm going to ask Joe real quick how your week was. Okay, uh, it's busy at work, uh, you know. So I, I, this is a nice uh, respite from uh, uh, from work. So not, you know, nothing different. Um, getting towards graduation. Yours, I assume, was crazy. So. Yeah, my week was fine. I will say um, the previous owners of Purple Glaze gave me a power washer. And so my weekend was texting them and asking them how to use the power washer and getting them to come over and show me how to use the power washer. And has, have you guys seen the pine side? I did the entire pine side. I did. I did notice that I walked by today. Um, it after- took about nine hours. <laughs> That's great. I so, can see why you don't ever want this power washer back. Because once I finish this fence, I am never going to use this power washer again. <laughs> hey, Amy, you mentioned that we're talking to Purple Glaze, but who, what does that mean? Who are we talking to? Yep. So we're going to have Jackie and Dom. <laughs> you do a intro, but Jackie and Dom are the former owners of Purple Glaze. Now they're in retirement, living the dream. But they are the former owners of Purple Glaze. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's Christian. Hey, Christian. All right, so Jackie and Dom, give us a little intro. What brought you to Asbury Park? What brought you to your love of donuts? Well, let's start. Yeah, are they are they the same? <laughs> are, are there different? Is there one reason, or are there two? Well, our, two different stories there. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, we came to Asbury Park before donuts. Um, our love for Asbury Park sort of came out of, uh, we both love the shore. We started dating when we were like 50. So we're 65 now. So we wanted to, Dom was used to go into the Spring Lake area because his aunt was there. I used to hang out in Manasquan in another life. So we had, um, we thought, hey, let's check out Asbury. And we just really liked the vibe. We liked coming down here. I mean, there wasn't a lot going on. We'd go to America's Cup Coffee and we'd talk about maybe opening a coffee shop, moving down here. And uh, we'd go back up to Morris County. And one day we were both Googling Asbury Park and we were like, hey, we could afford to buy something down there. And that uh, kind of set things off. Dom always wanted to do a renovation. We watched like too many episodes of, you know, that was when Fix This House was on. And we found a fixer upper and off we went. Yeah, that was 2007. We bought the house. We weren't sure what we would do, whether it would be, you know, a vacation house and we'd stay in Morris County. And then again, we just continued to, enjoy Asbury more and more that by, I guess, the end of 2008, we said, let's, let's start working toward getting down here full time. And, uh, and that's where it's where we wanted to live. It felt like a real sense of place for us. So that's what we did. And, uh, I, I ended up, uh, working again in higher ed at, uh, Brookdale community college. Jackie uh, came down a little later, took an early retirement, and that kind of got us close to donuts. You want to tell them about it? So you both had lives. This is Dom Dom actually before this, right? Excuse me. You both had work lives before this. Like you just retired from donuts, but that's your second retirement. Yeah, Yeah, we were both in (laughs) higher ed. So Dom Mm -hmm. came down before to work on the house and he was living down here working on the house. And I was working towards getting my uh, 25 years so I could get my my pension from County College of Morris. So anyway, once I hit the magic number 25 years at County College of Morris, I put my house up for sale and um, sold in a couple months. And then I came down and joined Dominic down here. And then he eventually got a job at Brookdale. So anyway, two days after I retired, I had a nervous breakdown and said, oh, my God, what did I do? I had a job I liked. I'm 54 and a half, like (laughs) called him up hysterically. Um, And then I decided that I had always wanted to go to pastry school. So I went to pastry school at Brookdale over here in Asbury Park. And so that was a year. And along the way, my son was like, oh, let's open a donut shop. Let's open a donut shop. And I said, well, I don't know. We were both like, you know. I don't know. So I went to work at Wegmans for a year to learn production and see if I could really handle. I mean, after working in higher ed, it was like, you know, I had weekends off. I had six weeks vacation. I worked 830 to 430. You know, I had a nice job and it was like, let me see if I could really stand uh, working on my feet all day and working around people all day. So I worked at Wegmans for a year. And in the meantime, uh, Scott, who owns um, Langosta with his wife, Marilyn, found, you know, said, Hey, this little spots for sale that used to be the Colonel's kitchen kissing booth. Um, Oh, right. It used to be the the tattoo shop. Yeah. There's the tattoo shop next door. He wants to take more space, but he doesn't want the kitchen space and he's looking to sublet. So that's 
we were off to the races and it was Summerfield at the time. There was like nothing there. I mean, it was a bad street with um, some. Dude, one thing you just remember, like, Colonel's, Colonel's Kissing Booth was a great like, like flash in the pan. You know, you, uh, I love that place and it, and it came and went. So it was, super yeah, so it, was, it was one of the early ones, definitely one of the early yeah. ones. And we should give a shout out. When you say you went to culinary school, you went to this culinary school in Asbury Park, right? Yeah. You graduated from that one. And it was a good experience, no? I hear great oh, things it was, about it. It was great. I couldn't say one thing um, bad about it. In fact, I'm on their advisory board now. And um, yeah, it was it was a great experience all the way around. We should you. get somebody from the culinary school on the show. We can do that. And I think that's a great, yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't overstate how great that school is. I mean, there's two Brookdale and the, the other one is a Atlantic Cape community college way down in Mays landing has a culinary school. There are only two community college options that I'm aware of in the state of New Jersey uh, for culinary, unless there's one up in North Jersey that I'm not aware of Dom. So, uh, so it's a great option for people in the trade as someone who worked in kitchens. You know, to, so uh, Jackie, how long did that, that program take you? I, um, because I had, you know, my degrees in that, I just did the pastry certificate. So it was like a, like a 10 month program. Um, but the school was cool. Cause it, half of it is for high school, you know, kind of a Votech experience for high school kids. And then the other half is, um, associated with Brookdale for, um, they have a degree program. If you do the whole culinary thing, you know, with the cooking and all that kind of stuff too. I just got the certificate. That's great. And uh, I think that's when I first met you was when you were working at Wegmans. Yes. Like you had known Rita through the book club and we'd go in there and she's like, let's go buy cookies from, from uh, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just ask, cause sometimes we have guests on, did you grow up because Jackie, you're New Jersey through and through, right? So did you yeah. grow up coming to Asbury? Um, when we were little, we came to Asbury. Like when I was a kid, I could re recall coming to Asbury a few times. Um, and then, you know, Asbury started getting dicey and my mother was like, Ooh, you know, no more Asbury for us. And we started going to Long Beach Island, but yeah, I was born and raised. And I mean, I lived in my hometown Dover until I moved down here at 50. I mean, that's how exciting my life was. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to Dover. Yeah, no offense. In fact, the joke, what's the, what did my mother always say? Well, our mother always would turn to me and say, you took my Jackie to Asbury Park. Because <laughs> my mother lived like a street block away from me. Away. Yeah, a block and a half away. So it was like, you know, I did this big move an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> And did you, know, you take your sister from Dover to no? Your sister you took from New York. Who got it? You got her. Yeah, she, my right? sister wasn't like she moved away from home early on and was different places. So then she just came down to Asbury because she loved it down here too. So, <laughs> um, you know, so so tell us about you, you open the donut shop. It's wonderful dealing with the city and every aspect of opening that donut shop, wasn't it? Actually, I got to tell you, we didn't have any problems at all. And partially is because like, I'm like this good girl scout. Like I literally was at the city every day saying, what do I need to do? What steps do I need to take? You know, follow, let me, let me do this right. Because we were like on a timetable. Cause you know, when you're opening a business, you're literally hemorrhaging money. And it's like, we had this date we wanted to open. And, um, before so I, Memorial yeah, Day. Before Memorial I mean, we wanted Day. to get the summer in. And we did all the build out ourselves. And when I say ourselves, mostly <laughs> dumb. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I didn't have one problem at all with the city. I really didn't. And, and um, what year was that, Jackie? 2015. 
May 2015. So it's we would just be coming up on six years. And we talk a little bit about and do should I go into COVID, Joe, or do you want to ask? Before we get to COVID, I mean, I have a, I have a question to you. Coming from hire to start, what you know, looking back at your experience, what is something who wants to start a small business? What is something that somebody should know before they take the jump? Like, you know, I'm sure you had planned it out being in higher ed and probably thought about this and planned it. But then when you started, you're like, oh, darn it, it didn't even occur to me to think about this thing, which I'm sure happened every day. Uh, that it's like yeah. a, a what, 24 <laughs> seven? Right. And, and before you get into the business, you really have to plot out what, what you think your expenses are going to be. Um, I, I think to start, we, we signed a two-year lease. And uh, as Jackie said, at the time, Summerfield was a pretty quiet street. You know, my accountant said, oh, you're not on Cookman. Uh, but it turned out to be a great street for, for people to just pull up, get out of their car, uh, grab some donuts and go. Or it became more of a street for hanging out and, and getting a lot of foot traffic and uh, people who were living in the area. But we kind of looked at, you know, I, I looked at what, what happens if we never sell a donut? Can I avoid bankruptcy based on what are my monthly expenses going to be? And, uh, and what was great is we realized we needed small space. We could not get space that included, you know, 10 tables inside for people to, to sit and hang out. That was going to be too much rent when you're selling a $2 product. So you really have to look at the numbers. And sometimes I think people get in their head the excitement of a particular business and it's what they want to do without realistically looking at, well, how, what does my gross revenue have to be every month to actually make it hit my expenses, pay my monthly expenses and make it worthwhile to do. Um, so on that note, you know what I noticed, Tom, and I, and I think Jackie and I talked about it. I've noticed businesses who start off with kind of a small manageable business and then they quickly expand. Yes. And it always seems really quick. They expand to two or three locations or they open two or three more restaurants in a, in a short period of time. And, it, and then what I inevitably see is one of those places, one if not two of those places end up falling apart. And I always wonder, um, I always wonder why that is, like why you go from one manageable to three in a very quick period of time. We kind of figured that out a little bit because in the beginning, when you're opening a business and even, I mean, we were, you know, we were 50 in our fifties at the time, you know, we were more than 50. We had owned homes, you know, we had had savings, we had good credit for a business. No one would loan us a dime. We literally used our own money. We put stuff on a credit cards or whatever. So then what happens is all of a sudden, like after you're in business for a year and you're, you're doing okay, everybody wants to give you money. Like every day you're getting, Hey, you want to take, you know, you want to borrow 200, you want to borrow another hundred thousand. Oh, here's a credit card. So I think people kind of get cocky and say like, Oh, maybe I should expand. Maybe I should open another business. And um, it's not, 
I don't think it's the smartest thing to do. And I think that's where people get caught up. So that's one of the things. Right. That, that was I, one of the factors, right? right. And maybe our age, but our goal was to pay off, not to, to leverage ourselves and borrow more, but our goal was how quickly could we pay off our startup costs so that we didn't have the debt moving forward. And Amy's question touched on something else I think about is sometimes when you start a new business, you're struggling against failure. But one, another problem could be if you become wildly successful beyond your capacity right away, right? In other words, maybe you plan to cook 100 donuts, but then uh, like a thousand people showed up. I was like, well, I wasn't prepared to cook a thousand donuts. Um, <laughs> that kind of happened. <laughs> right. So you guys got popular super quick, right? Like, you know, if I, if I recall, um, like you opened and then people, like the people love the donuts. They went around town and next thing you know, like you guys are, you know, when you say 24 seven, literally it becomes like 24 seven, like meeting the demand for the product that, you know, you thought maybe nobody would buy the opposite happened, right? Everyone wanted it. Right. With our, our inside jokes are, we thought maybe we would have this kind of relaxed work day and I would stop by. And again, I was at Brookdale, so I was stopping by on the weekends and, and, you know, we'd sit around and, and chat and do a crossword puzzle or some other nerdy thing. And that's what we thought it was going to be. And instead, um, Saturday of Memorial day weekend, uh, I think I delivered some donuts for her. my, my butt was just about to hit the couch to uh, begin a three-day weekend, and, and I got I got the call Mayday, Mayday, <laughs> get in here! You need to help me. <laughs> and myself making donuts, making donut boxes. So yeah, Joe, it was like it. You know, you you worry about failure, but then in some sense, you almost have to worry about success because you don't want to foul up what you're doing because you're getting a bit overwhelmed by how you had initially planned. And where did the name purple glaze come from? That was, well, initially I wanted, was going to name it glazed and confused and my <laughs> did a, um, check and there was a glazed and confused someplace else. And I wanted something that reflected on the music scene in Asbury Park. So then I, you know, with Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze, I thought, okay, Purple Glaze would be fun. And that's kind of how we settled on it. And then um, Songun and Danny Baum were our, um, you know, logo guys and marketing guys. And, you know, we would, they were coming up with all kinds of logos for us and everything. Cause we wanted to keep everything local right from the beginning. So anybody we hired to do anything for us, John did, he painted the stuff on the walls, poor chop did our, um, our gate. So we, we wanted to stick with local people. And uh, so that's how purple, purple glaze came up, but people still would come in and say, Oh, I get it. Purple rain. And we'd be like, no, <laughs> no, no, I get it. The Prince song. We'd be like, no, you don't get it really at all. And I'm going to give a shout out to um, Danny and Steven's company, B2 creative who are lo local. They're local Asbury park guys who uh, run their business in Asbury park as well. So they do. And I want to say workshout out to them. 
on the note of that, that the, the new people who bought the shop are continuing and using them as well. So, oh, nice. And we're going to get to the new people yeah. who, who did the shop, but we have to get to some COVID stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've been asking businesses and, and I described, you know, Heather and I were sitting at Jimmy's and it was like, oh, um, so January, February, into March, in January, are you aware of COVID? Are you like, oh, there's this thing? Are you thinking it's the flu? Like, just take us through January, February, March. I'm aware of COVID just because that's who I am. I had been listening to the- I know new- who you are. I know who you are, Jackie. Yeah. And we read that <laughs> book surprised. at Book Club Station 11. And I remember in December saying like, oh my God, we read this book and, and now there's this virus and everybody's like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. It's in China and it's not really spreading. And I, I remember going into, into the shop and I had a nurse working for me at the time, Donna, and she'd be like, what are you so upset about? I said, well, this virus, you know, it's, it's coming. And, and so, yeah, I was aware. I was totally aware. So this is why we are two peas in a pod, because Joe and I had the same conversation about COVID. And I was like, I'm terrified. And this is, I don't know, October. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It was before it. it was, and yeah, he's January. like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything. Was it January? It, uh, see how I'm like, now. Now the story is, it was back in September. I knew that was good. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah, now six months, when I tell this story, it's just going to go farther and farther back. But anyway, we Joe and I had the same conversation. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So, anyway, sorry. so anyway, come March, the beginning of March, I remember we were at Medusa and uh, we were there with my sister and we were talking to Ame and I said, you know, it was it was March 14th or 15th or whatever. And I said, I, that's it. I'm making a decision. We're closing for two weeks. Like it's things are getting weird. Things are getting. And and that was right before the state and everything went down. But literally in our minds, we thought we were going to close for two weeks. Right. I think a lot. So did the city. The city was like, we're, yeah, we we're shut right. down before the state. And we were like, oh, two weeks will be, may, may, you know, at the time, I think I thought maybe a month. I thought maybe a month, but I certainly thought we'd be up and running by Memorial Day. And, and the whole country and thought at that. that time, like I texted the, the, the people who worked for me and then Donna, the nurse said, well, that's that's good because I was going to text you and said, I, I'd say I can't come into work anymore because I'm starting to get exposed to COVID people. So it was coming. <laughs> Do you remember when like we thought flatten the curve made sense? And now, you know, now, you know, how quaint. Or do you, you know, the other thing that I never got, like we people tried. were like, stop saying social. People got on this, like went down this rabbit hole about it's physical distancing, not social. And it was like, who cares what we call it? <laughs> Just stay, stay the, the fuck, fuck away, away from, from each other. <laughs> I don't give a shit what you call it. Yeah. Whatever you feel comfortable calling it and inclusive words you want to use is fine by me. Just stay the fuck away from each other. Stop <laughs> touching your stupid face. Come on, everybody. <laughs> Get on board. So March, you thought I'm going to shut down for two weeks. You told your staff. Yeah. And then. And then you didn't. 
And then we didn't. We ended up closing for I mean, and we were deemed essential once they started saying who was essential. I don't know why donuts were essential, but um, we could have stayed open, but we chose not to because, again, we're 65. And don't forget, in the beginning of March, you couldn't even get a mask. And that's when the hand sanitizer, of course, I had hand sanitizer because I knew it was coming. But, um, you know, <laughs> you know, so we were like, OK, two weeks. And then like I probably into the second week, we we're like, OK, we, we've we got to close longer. We ended up closing for seven weeks. And uh, well, and things began to change. We, we were able to pay the employees that thinking we we're going to close for a week or two. So we could pay them. And then, it, you know, it was help. It was really helpful that as things were evolving, then it became clear there'd be unemployment for, for folks. So our staff was able to, uh, when we realized, oh, geez, we got to stay closed for at, at least another month. Uh, they were able to collect unemployment. We're able to then, you know, when we did open, uh, hold on to them and bring them bring them back uh, on some hours so that it, it kind of evolved that way as uh, as things went along. And we always paid everybody on the books. So none of our employees had any problems with right. unemployment or anything like that. So during that time, we would go in um, every week and every week we would make donuts and donate them to a place. We hooked up with this Mammoth Cares and uh, I forget what the guy's name was, but he was bringing them to Jersey Shore. And then a nurse from Mammoth Medical was like, oh, why don't you do us? I said, hey, if you want to come pick them up, we can't get near the hospitals. She said, well, I'm a nurse. I'll come pick them up. We did the fire department, dinner ta Asbury Park dinner table, Trinity Church. So uh, we, the police department. And we went through all our all our product. all our pro all our food inventory, realizing we were going to be closed for a while. So let's get it out. Let's donate it. And then it was a waiting game as to when to to reopen and how we would reopen. So Dom and I were like, okay, let's open on a Friday. Let's just have it me and you, because again, you know, we didn't want to put anybody, uh, our employees at risk. We didn't want them to. Um, fortunately, our employees were really diligent about, you know, they're young people that really didn't, you know, they were bar hopper, hoppers and stuff like that. So I said, okay, Dom, let's me and you go in um, on a Friday and we'll just do orders by phone and we'll run them out to people's cars and, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> We were so slammed that by the end of the day, I said, I, I got to call Lisa. And, and he goes, yes, call Lisa. So we call Lisa, Lisa comes in. Then the next day. And what the, what month is this, Jackie? This is um, May. So it was seven weeks. It was um, May. Early May. Okay, so May. Early May. Okay. So Lisa comes in the Saturday and then it's like, oh my God, we got to get Liz in here. Liz is, went to mom at the university and they were doing, um, you know, uh, virtual. online virtual. So she wasn't around anybody. We had to get her in. And then we got my sister in, uh, we pulled her out of retirement in the, the Asbury towers and she would run the donuts out to people's cars. Cause the phone, cause we weren't letting anybody in the phone just did not stop ringing. And we'd have the whole front of the shop just filled with boxes of donuts and we'd be running them, running them out to people's cars and we did that as long as we could. And then it was like, 
Well, and, and just so people understand the layout, like I, I remember because I went by, but you had a table at the front door, so you weren't allowing people in. People were telling you who they were, are, what their order was, and Cindy was bringing out their stuff. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're either coming up to the door or they would call from their cars. And, you know, because um, some people, you know, some people have, were living with people who were compromised. And, you know, so some people were really even... Even now, some people were like, would you mind bringing the donuts out to the car? And then I said, we, we'd had a lot of, after a while, we had a lot of, I called them curbside Karens who really just didn't want to get out of their car. And they, <laughs> they would just, oh, can you bring the donuts now? It's like, all right, you know, really? Um, so yeah, we did that as long as we could. And then eventually, and we're, they're still at the model um, from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and um, two people in the shop at a time, mass required. And, and I just have to bring up one thing for our listeners who don't know, because a lot of people in this town talk about hiring local and giving back to the community. You are amazing at hiring local. I have two Esri Park High School girls working for you, Liz and Ditta, who are fabulous um, and, and work at the shop. So I'm going to give you a kudos to that, Jackie. Um, you are what we have several businesses in town who really, really go out of their way to hire local um really go out of their way and our Liz now I mean Liz this would be will be her fourth summer she started as a high school kid and now is on a full scholarship to Monmouth University and she's pre-med I might like to add and was just elected to the um Asbury Park Cooperative so she's like she's grown and come such a long way so that's that's like one of our huge success stories um yeah and our dinner was the world no, I'm going to say not the world. The, the, <laughs> the female New Jersey wrestling championship like two years ago. Anyway, yeah. she's um she's fabulous as well. So anyway, I just wanted to bring up how how much effort you put into hiring local. And that we should also say that the and we'll talk about who's taking over the shop, but they're keeping your yeah, keeping most yes. of your staff or, or certainly did in Liz. Yes. Um, so yes. kudos yes. to them. And it's. So it, it, you guys, you guys didn't have to close again, did you? No. So, no. Yeah. But we did not expand beyond the four days. We, we were still, well, as we sold the business this past month, it was still at Thursday through Sunday, as Jack yeah. said, we, we just couldn't get with, with COVID, you weren't getting the foot traffic to do uh, yeah. additional weekdays. And part, in, in all honesty, too, part of that was the business actually was for sale the December, like when all the COVID stuff, right when you just heard the grumblings of COVID, but when the business was up. Oh, for, I knew. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was on the down low in that. And um, so part of it towards the end there where we knew we were, you know, working through a deal and getting closer to closing, we probably could have opened on Mondays or Wednesdays, but we were just getting poop. So we, we were just like, Hey, let's leave it like this for now. So, um, so that that's the truth of it. We probably at this point could open more, um, but we just didn't. And the, and so listen, you've been trying to retire, retire, like actually retire because that was so and correct me if I'm wrong. That was supposed to kind of like not be a hobby, but certainly not be yes, <laughs> a yes. five or six day a week job, 10 to 12 hours a day. That was supposed to be, as as Dom described, reading the New York Times and fetching <laughs> a couple of donuts here and there. Um, and while you were in retirement. 
it turned out that you were in the New York, like you were in the New York Times, or not, maybe not the Times, but I kept seeing Purple Glaze and all these publications, you know, the greatest donut shop. In other words, you kept getting bigger and bigger. If I'm, you know, so yeah, I, yeah up until I mean, COVID, I mean, I was there worse. six days a week. <laughs> yeah. All day. I mean, this was a this was an art. Uh, this was not a retiring, drinking margaritas, relaxing job. No, no, it was not. <laughs> I think there, there were margaritas. Definitely. I mean, I, mean, I enjoyed it and I loved every minute of it, but it was exhausting. And towards the end, I mean, you know, you, I, we were really starting to feel it. I mean, repetitive motion, you know, my own. It's killing with my hands. I have arthritis in my hands. You know, <laughs> the girls are laughing at me. I'm like, hey, can you open this for me? <laughs> so we should say that. So and that was kind of that was the that was the idea for the for the selling. Right. The idea was that you would you would have time to sit in the backyard, sit at the beach. Exactly. Right. Not work 12 hours a day. Yes. <laughs> And can you tell us a little bit about the guys who bought it and, and also about, so the other funny thing, Jackie, well, I also, what, well, a couple questions. One, what's your favorite donut? I have that as a note. To oh, that was one of my questions too. Oh, look at us hitting it. Favorite donut. Okay. For me, I, I it's just a plain donut. <laughs> okay. No icing, no fraud, no nothing. Like a hot plain donut. Like I'm a tea drinker and I'm a dunker. So I'd like to dunk. <laughs> The donut, you know, and a cup of tea. That's my favorite. No, we're gonna have to cut this out. Really sweet cookie <laughs> stuff. Dom, on the other hand, would. Uh, I love. I think the key lime pie is uh, is the best donut. But we would tease at the shop because I'd be at the register and people would ask me that. What's your favorite donut? And I would say key lime pie. And you know, for some people, they don't like lime. They don't like no. Nobody would then get it after I said that. So I, I started just telling them French toast, which has actually been our biggest seller. I would, my second question: What was your best-selling donut? Yeah, the French toast donut, which I would have never guessed. Uh, uh, sugar, cinnamon, uh, sugar, a sweet cream cheese, and um, maple drizzle. But yeah, people would ask all the time, they'd come, what's your favorite donut? And whoever was at the register would say, oh, you know, whatever, coconut and custard. Well, I don't like coconut. <laughs> your second favorite. Well, I like the banana cream pie. Well, I don't really like bananas. I'll do a Boston cream. And they're like, okay, that's fine. So, it's like, so you knew the Whatever answer you when you got want. here. <laughs> I think, uh, I want to go back real quick before we move. Uh, uh, when I was talking about like how much, publicity you got you can we talk about that because you did get huge right like you are you the world wait are you guys the world's most famous donut shop or like, <laughs> i did because i saw like you guys got you got tagged in the united states one of the yeah. 10 donut shops like by usa today we we did get we it was i don't know how or what but i mean i mean we do have great donuts but we we did get like remarkable press and i think what happens is you see in the media when one outlet picks up on something, then other people pick up on it. But we, um, you know, NewJerseyStock.com, uh, Peter Genovese, you know, liked us from the beginning. So he gave us a lot of press. And um, uh, Sarah Grass Grassmeyer, I guess, from the Asbury Park Press used to come in. So she would do write-ups and then other, you know, and then we'd get people. We got the, some big writer from um, Philadelphia came in and uh, we just started getting a lot of, 
yeah. a lot of press. It was really very, very cool. And some of it, too, uh, a shout out to our local chamber of commerce or others. There'd be times when you just get a, an email, even from uh, shout out to city government, Amy. You'd get an email from somebody saying News 12 is going to be on the boardwalk and they're looking for uh, a, a couple of business owners. And you'll be shocked to learn that Jackie was always up <laughs> for some camera time. But I think the lesson. So I got those requests a lot. And and the personality that's great for that is Jackie, right? Because when, so do you know how much time I have to prepare? First of all, John Moore hates doing that stuff. So yeah. it literally is, Amy, I'm driving into Asbury. You have seven minutes to come up and talk about beach safety, COVID restrictions, support small business, what, insert whatever issue they want me to talk about. I have seven minutes to do that. And in those seven minutes, I have like three businesses to give them that is going to be ready at that exact moment to speak to them. And Jackie's has always been one, but that is like that personality. Cause if there's other businesses that are like, why well, can't get, you know, I can't get there for three hours or I want to cover these topics. And it's like, this isn't your game. This right. is take it and run with whatever they're going to throw you on. So I appreciate that personality very, very much for those interviews when we're asked. <laughs> but we got on there. Remember you hooked us up. We got with the Canadian Canadian lady. She was. In yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I completely forgot about it. And then like, it's the next summer and. These people from, I'm getting all these Canadians in the shop. And one day, some woman, I'm making donuts and some woman's like, I know you. And I said, are you from Canada? And she said, yeah. And I said, you know, I never could get that link because it was Canadian TV. And she's like, I never saw it either. I don't think. And we were getting all these people from Canada because we were on the Canada Travel Channel. Yeah. That's good. No, no. You know we, I get, I get, I get requests for businesses, and I try to vary it a lot. Like Ada's really good. Like Ada will, Ada will, Ada from Ada's. Um, she's great um, too because she's yeah. off. She's off of she's off the beaten path. But yeah, there there were there are people that I know. If I only have a minute to get you, you know, you were on the list of people. If I have a minute for you to to give an interview for the the Canadian thing is interesting because you know, like in the summertime, all of Wildwood is Canadian. Yes. Right. That's the closest beach. <laughs> for, for them so they go to wildwood right and because I mean, massachusetts beaches are too cold so they just come all the way down into wildwood so you probably they're probably like oh we'll just stop at the parkway here on the way down before we go the rest of the way exactly <laughs> and do, do you have like a favorite customer or do you have a least favorite customer <laughs> oh, you can't say that. Well, you don't have the business now. I feel like fuck it. Who cares now? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, I name say, names, Jackie. We have some some really nice regular customers. You know, the the worst customer would be the generic worst customer. Somebody who comes in and they're on the phone with whomever, and you know they're reading the menu. You know they're holding up the line and they're reading the menu to somebody on the phone and having a big discussion about what they should order or what they shouldn't. Asking Dom what he likes and everybody else. That that's like them rejecting his suggestions. Well, you know that the style of the shop it's small, and it's particularly now with COVID, where you have two people 
in the shop and like it could be pissing down rain or freezing cold and somebody could be in the shop like literally holding up people from outside like just just order like when people come in and they just they have a list and just order like I always say oh thank you for being so prepared hoping that other people will like hear and say (laughs) I want to get you know I want to get recognition from the donut later So that would be the worst customer, the generic person who just can't get it together. And the best one is the person who comes in knows exactly what they want. Well, yeah. pro- probably my favorites would be the the yeah. little ones. When, yeah. the, when the little kids come in, they're so excited. They see. And again, these donuts that Jackie developed, you know, we've got a shark gummy on one and you've got a, a peanut butter cup on some or an m in there. They're they're just thrilled. And uh, I mean, there's we've got some that are every week. We've got one, two sets of twins, nine months apart. (laughs) That that family comes in and God bless that mother. uh, And and those, you know, four kids come in and uh, we know the drill now. Light on the toppings. Keep the sugar at a minimum. And uh and they're always thrilled to come in and say hello to us. And again, being there six years, like these little kids, we've known literally since she used to like get them all out of the car and yeah. wheel them in or whatever. And now they're walking in and they're ordering donuts. And we have some little kids who will come in like they typically come in with their parents. And once in a while, they'll be with their grandparents or an aunt. And they're like, hey, this is the place and this is what I get. And so, so we, adorable. we've had people like from pregnant mom, well, like you, Amy, I mean, yeah, no, I was pregnant coming in. Shop, and then yeah. I have built. pictures of, you know, Jensen when he was just a little peanut and, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my mom was one of your best customers. Maybe you never oh, met her. Okay. Like, yeah. so, well, you know, my yeah. mom had, uh, you know, as she was uh, dementia, it, it, whatever's going on in the brain, uh, it wants sugar. So she loved that. You would get those four, you know, four pack of donuts when I would go over a visit on Sunday and it really, you know, you know, even though she would forget things, we could always say, "Mom, do you want a donut?" She's like, "Oh, do I want a donut?" Yes, you give her <laughs> like the you know, every time. Right? It was it was great. She loved them. Um, yeah, and that, all the way that all the way to the end, right? Yeah, that was a great feeling when you feel like you somehow become this small little part of of a family uh, tradition, and that yeah, there there your mom was, and she could look for when you actually said, "Do you want a donut?" and she could look forward to it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um selling your business in covid because that that and and during a huge explosion downtown (laughs) which also i'm sure sure doesn't help selling a business during that time um as jackie mentioned we were coming off Summer of 2019 was uh, well, was our best summer, uh, and again, the business, uh, in terms of uh, revenue, had just continued to be climbing, and that was like we've talked about now. Are we too successful? We're getting tired in terms of how we're running it. We don't want to expand. We don't want to do, but we wanted to sell. Um, what I'd tell your your viewers a, a couple of things. One. You may have to spend some money. We I hired an independent accountant to value my business. 
so that we could get a true valuation so that you don't get caught in that trap of, well, I, I want a million dollars. So that's what I'm going to sell it for. So we got an actual valuation. You, you're, you're running your, your, uh, your books where, uh, you're running your books where, you know, people can see what's what you've got to do that. If you're going to, you're going to sell and then COVID hits. Uh, so part of it for us, we still felt like we wanted to retire. We had to realize you're, you're not going to get uh, top dollar during COVID your, your revenues go down more. You know, if you're valuing a business on a discounted cash flow basis, then you're looking at a year of COVID and there's less cash coming in. Um, but again, if, if you're doing it and we hired uh, a business broker to, to help market the sale of the business. So again, you're, you're putting some funds out there, but that got the word out. We got the word out through the, the, the local network of business owners. So there were those interested uh, sales that didn't take place that you do a lot of work on uh, working with the broker, having them, you know, get them the financials and looking at them. And then. Uh, uh, well, a lot of people want to buy a, like a, if, if you want to be successful in a small business, you're going to have to work in the business. I mean, there's just there's just no way that you're going to get the revenue. So a lot of people who were interested didn't actually want to work in the business. They just wanted to take money from the business. And then when they realized that they would actually have to go there and work, then they weren't interested anymore. Um, Rob Wiener was really helpful. Yes. Um, he's a member of SCORE. And so he hooked us up with... Um, a business broker. We had interviewed one individual that wasn't a right fit for us. And then he hooked us up with another gentleman from score. And he was just, he was fabulous. I mean, he was just so good. He was an accountant and he just dealt with, he wasn't a real estate broker. He dealt with selling businesses. So he, um, he was instrumental for us in the sale of the business. We take a second to explain what SCORE is for those who don't know. Oh, yeah, sure. It's like such a great resource that yeah. for residents of Monmouth County, so the, the 18 people who are listening you know, could benefit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, um, for the most part, it, it, well, it's a nonprofit. Uh, I forget the acronym, uh, what the acronym stands for, and they might have changed it, but it's essentially retired business owners and retired professionals who help small business owners with purchasing a business, planning out what might be a business, in our case, selling one, helping a business do better. Uh, it's, it's a great resource. And in many instances, um, it, the resource is free to work with these particular ad advisors. In, in our case, we were getting a little bit more involved and uh, and we were paying a commission. Yeah, we hired to, him to directly. Our, to he our, our broker. But yeah, it's a great resource uh, and a, a great opportunity for, for small business people to, to just bounce ideas off of or get good, solid advice. And they're housed at Brookdale Community College, right? Yeah, they've got they've got a small office there. They have some 
uh, weekly meetings there. You can meet them there or, uh, and in our case, we, uh, Joe came to the shop. I mean, you could, you yeah. could meet almost anywhere in this age of COVID now, uh, uh, or meet by zoom or, or whatever. Yeah. And Rob Wiener, who's, you know, local, he was the one. Rob, who, yes. Was he's with score and was instrumental in connecting us. And he was a big help. So anyway, like, so we put the business up for sale like December and then COVID hits, we had somebody interested and then COVID hits in March and that person went away. So then we had to spend literally, you know, from March till November proving that we were kind of a pandemic proof business and that we were making money every month. We would have to send to Joe. Here's, here's what the money, you know, here's what we made. Here's what our revenue was. Here's what our expenses were. So when it, you know, when people were interested, we were able to, to show them, you know, that there was actually, you know, and actually a business to buy. Um, so that's what we spent uh, 2020 doing. And then. Um, and applying for some various grants. There were yeah. some great programs out there. We didn't engage on all of them, but the ones that we thought were right for us. And again, if, if you've worked your business correctly, you've got good financial records to, to show this is actually what's happening with this business. Uh, we were successful and would thank uh, whether it was some CARES Act fund through the through the county, whether it was uh, Vingo Paul's Civic Association, a uh, uh, number of uh, economic development. Yeah, economic we, we got like four authority. months free rent. We, you know, yeah, so we there, there were some smaller programs out there that, hey, they were uh, they were a big help. And you just have to, as Jackie said, you, you know, we had to have the doors open. We had to keep we had to keep going and we had to have an ongoing business if you, you plan on selling your business. And tell us a little bit about the guys who are who are localish, who, who bought your business. Yeah, great guys. Um, there are two guys, Kevin McDonough and the other one is um, Rich Silva. They are business partners. They're not partner partners. Um, Kevin was born and raised in Lock Arbor. He's in his 60s and his family now lives in West Long Branch. Um, Rich was born in Avon. In fact, his mom and dad still live in a little house there. And um, he lives in Neptune City now, which is a funny story. Rich's mom, I a couple of years ago, found her wallet and returned it <laughs> to Avon. And I felt really bad because I found it on the street and it had all her stuff in it. And it reminded me of my mother with all her Medicaid cards and credit cards, but it had no money in it. And at first I was reluctant to return it because I was like, oh my God, I hope this poor woman doesn't think I took her money. And she was so grateful. And they came in the shop the one day. And then when it was time to buy, the one partner came and he goes, you know, we have a story, you know, you found my mom's wallet. So anyway, oh, wow. <laughs> they're both um, they both have insurance businesses and they have um, families. The one guy, Kevin, his daughter's working in the shop now. And Kevin 
Um, they they both were customers, but Kevin has been a customer since day one. He has always come to the shop. We knew him. Um, my son, Wesley, knew him really well. He had a dog. He would always come in and buy dog That's cookies. True. So, you know, one day he just approached Dom and had seen the ad in the Tri-City News and, um, you know, started talking to Dom about it. And uh, yeah. And ultimately it came about. I mean, it wasn't again, it's not a quick process, but it'll, it ultimately happened. And then you're up, you're getting ready to close and you need landlords signing off and there's an explosion downtown. <laughs> the landlord's office is closed and you're ready to, you're ready to sign and switch the register. And I'm on over. the phone, we're closing tomorrow. I don't care where you have to sign the documents. <laughs> Make your way through those fires and, and flying manhole covers and get your ass down here. <laughs> And too, because where we are on Summerfield, one of the nice things on Summerfield, and I think that was instrumental too in us being able to sell, sell the business, that our rent is like so much lower than Hookman Avenue or even Bangs Avenue. And um, so we have, you know, we have a decent rent, which was very attractive to people who, who wanted to, to buy the business, that they know that they're not going to be paying, you know, atrocious rent. And one thing I can tell you that, and I, Jackie, I told you throughout your time at Purple Glaze that you you kill it on social media. I thought you, I, I initially truly thought you had like somebody professionally doing it because you did such a great job on social media. But I'm seeing lots of posts from them so far on social yes. media. Yeah, they have a, um, the one girl, they have a daughter, uh, Kevin has a daughter, Olivia, who um, in fact, last Monday um, I met with her and that was like a very tense moment. We, we had two laptops, three phones and we were handing over the social media account because I had my personal accounts tied to my business account too, never thinking about this. Right. And like, finally I said, look, I, if I lose my personal, you know, if I lose my 200 followers for Jackie Sharp, if you lose the Quinn and Walsh family, you yeah, yeah. Them. I mean, it, it's not going to be a big deal. And, and we handed that over <laughs> and, uh, and it, and it, was successful um for the most part and um so yeah so she's picking up and doing the social media again she's, she's like, doing a great job yeah she's yeah, 27 she's years really old well. yeah and um and she is you know i went and met with her uh one day last week and she just asked me a couple other questions and um yeah i think they're going to do a great job and uh i'm happy a couple people um a couple critics in town i won't i won't mention their name had approached us today and said that the donuts still taste taste good they had a donut so. this weekend. they were good <laughs> um yeah we feel like much to their disappointment they sound <laughs> <laughs> they're exactly the kind of folks we wanted to sell it to because they get it they want to yeah. they want to be a friendly shop and keep that kind of neighbor neighborhood vibe going and uh and they are and so um we'd ask everyone to keep you know supporting keep going them. there keep supporting them uh we are i have i think a t-shirt a hat and zip up jackets from jackie for the last six years for every major holiday i, know, I don't know so, what i'm going to give you for christmas <laughs> so i can assure you i will be wearing all of purple glaze's garb until mm -hmm. even when the shirts are falling apart because i had one shirt that had holes all in it that i still continued to wear <laughs>
Um, so we have to start to wrap up because it's 6.56 and, and Joe probably has more questions, but my last question is just any tip that you have for new or, or, or you know, people kind of marinating and starting a small business or, you know, if you, if you had to give them one or two tips. One, um, keep your books, keep, Dom is like, I tell everyone is the more, most honest person in the world, but keep your books clean, pay people on the payroll. I think if anything, you know, on your books, I think COVID proved to a lot of people who were getting paid cash and then they weren't able to collect unemployment. But when you want to sell a business, everything is full transparency. You have to show every, every penny, you know, um, and I did have, we did have some people call and they were like, oh, they just wanted to like run money through the business. Oh, we don't care if it makes any money. We just want, <laughs> they just wanted like launder money through the business. And we're like, oh, I don't know if this would be a good fit, you know? <laughs> There's always money in the donut shop. <laughs> as, as Rob Wiener told us when, when we were meeting with him, he goes, typically the best advice he usually gives when he, when, when someone sits down and, and gives them an idea says, this is what I want to do. Rob saying, no, don't, don't do that. Because again, they haven't properly planned out and looked at ways to realistically project what would the revenue be against the expenses. So you've got to be realistic and not fall in love with your idea. I, I can't understate how great that is. That that advice is working with the. If you're a Monmouth County resident, use the SCORE program because you want someone like Robert to tell you no before you lose everything. Uh, and, a, and what was a good idea but badly launched? Like he, you know, right. you got to pay someone to give you give you the bad news before you can make your good news work. You know, or maybe explain what you might need to do to fix it. And it, that investment at the beginning seems to be invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, well, that's what he kept saying to us. He goes, you know, I always feel good about telling. I, I, it's like telling people, no, don't open your business. And the people who actually listen to him, he said, because there's so many people that, you know, he, he told a story about somebody who had this great idea in Asbury Park. He wanted to open a planetarium on the boardwalk <laughs> and had to like break his heart and say, like, I, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. <laughs> and the guy well. So I should totally be referring people to Robert because I can't tell you how many people stop me and say, you know what Asbury needs, Amy, (laughs) you know, insert whatever it is that they say it needs. And oftentimes we already have it, right? It's like, how long have you been here? Because we actually have a Ethiopian restaurant or we actually have a movie theater. We we had a movie theater. Yeah. Anyway, anything else, Joe? Because we are hitting the seven o'clock hour. We're good. All right. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank you. Thanks to the universe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you guys on your deck post uh, vaccinations at some point. Cool. That would be great. Well, thanks, everybody. One quick note. uh, The new owners of Purple Glaze would love for you to come visit them and have some delicious donuts. They can be found at 516 Summerfield Avenue here in Asbury Park. And you can see their delicious donuts on Instagram at Purple Glaze Donuts.